back to the Catch V3 podcast, where today we are joined by Mel Kuyper Jr., Daniel Jeremiah, the crew, Rich Eisen. Just kidding, it's just us, Josh, Drew, Edric, Corey, and Nick. But on that note, we are here to talk about the 2021 NFL Draft. Specifically, we're going to be drafting the first 20 picks. Each of us has four picks of our own. It's exciting. I mean, it drafts in a couple of weeks. We'll see how right or wrong or I don't know. We're just having fun with this. So with the first pick, pulling out my inner Roger Goodell now, the 2021 NFL Draft is officially open. The Jacksonville Jaguars now on the clock. All right. I'm taking the first pick over here. There are a lot, lot of good options here. I know I was, I was definitely looking at a couple of different kickers here. Uh, the Jaguars, then you make points and who makes points? Kickers, you know, I was really looking here. Evan McPherson out of Florida. I really had a great year. But, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes you just got to go with the boring pick here. So... Here we go. Let me get everything up here. Let me got my list. Here we go. With the first pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence, quarterback, Clemson University. Yeah, it, guys, it just seemed like a no-brainer here. I had to go with Trevor Lawrence. It, we've, we've known this pick for months now. Now it's just a matter of day. I'm pretty sure he already has the playbook for the team. People already get, like fans are already giving him donations from Jacksonville. He's already had interaction with them. It's pretty obvious. So might as well get that pick out of the way. Now we're off to number two. New York Jets are now on the clock. Edward, that's you. All right, all right. So the Jets with uh, Trevor Lawrence off the board. We have a, a couple great quarterbacks still left on the board with the second pick. The New York Jets select Justin Fields, quarterback out of Ohio State University. You know, this one was uh, a bit difficult, right? We have uh, Zach Wilson, who is blowing up the internet, especially after his pro day. But we also have Justin Fields. Uh, Both are similar. They have similar play styles. They're around the same height. Zach Wilson is tied to have the better arm, better arm accuracy, whereas Justin Fields is a bit more athletic, still has a great arm. The New York Jets in free agency, they, you know, picked up a couple of weapons and re-signing and picking up at a free agency like Keelan Cole, Corey Davis. So that kind of strengthens the new the new kind of coaching staff that they had in their players uh, with uh, Mike LaFleur's West Coast offense. I think uh, one of either of these two quarterbacks would have been a great pick to play in this scheme, especially since it's kind of designed to be easier for the quarterback, you know, quick one-two reads and throw the ball. Um, but I just think Justin Fields... Shouldn't be overlooked like he was at Georgia University. We can't make that same mistake. Uh, so we're going to go with Justin Fields with this pick over. All right, a little bit of a surprise. Next Edwin. up, we have one of the more, more scrutinized picks. We want to emphasize that while the San Francisco 49ers are on the clock, this originally belonged to the Houston Texans. We know what happened there. Then it went to Miami, <laughs> and now it's flipped to San Francisco. Drew, you're on the clock. Beautiful, Josh. Thank you. First and foremost, Edric. A little bit of the first surprise pick off the board, and we love it. So I'm going to come in here with the third pick. In the 2021 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers will be selecting Zach Wilson, quarterback out of BYU. I won't lie, I had Justin Fields going here. The Wilson hype train has been off the rails since his really great Pro Day debut. And with the Jets getting rid of Darnold, they're obviously looking for their quarterback of the future. As a 49ers fan, I'm really happy Wilson falls in our lap, though. His arm talent, I believe, is second right behind Lawrence. In fact, it could be considered relatively close in terms of his ability to spin the ball. I'm really excited to see what he can do in a Shanahan-led offense. He's going to have weapons a galore, a healthy Kittle, Debo, Brandon Ayuk, whoever comes out of the backfield, but it looks like it's going to be Mostert. Gives Wilson plenty of chances to get the ball out quick. And Kyle Shanahan might be the best offensive coach in the football. So you take an arm talent like that, pair him with weapons, and a coach who knows how to put points on the board, you could have something really special cooking up in the Bay Area. Here, here's for the quest for six continues. Absolutely. Great pick right there. Kind of expected the first three picks uh, are the quarterbacks. 
Uh, I'm now on the clock with the Atlanta Falcons, and in my opinion, this is the this is where the draft really starts. This is probably like I don't I love this position for two reasons. Falcons rather have two reasons to really get excited about this pick. One, you can sit on your hands for seven minutes and you say, Hey Carolina, New England has offered us two first rounders for this pick. Will you give us three? And then you go to Washington and you say, Hey Washington, Denver offered us three first rounders for this pick. Can you give us four? So you just gotta sit here and you either build for the future and then you move back in the draft with Gray. Or you can sit back and say, like, hey, one of these top three quarterbacks may fall to us and replace Matt Ryan. That's great. And even in the worst, worst case scenario, you get the opportunity to select one of the two best playmakers in the draft. So with that said, no trade. With the fourth pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Atlanta Falcons select Kyle Pitts, tight end from Florida. And the reason why I'm going with that route is because you, is because I think this is a safe pick right in the middle of the fairway. you got a first-year GM and a second-year coach, and you have three playmakers to complement this guy. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Hayden Hurst. Kyle Pitts as a whole is, in my opinion, the Christian McCaffrey of tight ends because he not only plays above the rim, but also plays over the ground. He can do it all. In my opinion, he's the next Darren Waller, who's a top three tight end in the league right now. I think it's either this or Jamar Chase. Can't go wrong either way. The Falcons have to be excited about this pick. The Cincinnati Bengals at pick number five are now on the clock. Kyle Pitts actually was on my draft board here for this pick. Maybe I was going to consider them for the Bengals. Cincinnati, you know, Joe Burrow coming off an injury. I think priority number one is going to be drafting an offensive lineman to keep him protected coming up in the next season. I was considering Kyle Pitts uh, as a tight end weapon. I mean, to me, he's kind of similar to uh, the guy from Seattle. Everyone knows his name, DK Metcalf. Similar stature and speed, but... Ozuma has been cleared from his injury uh, in Achilles and then well in his sophomore season. So with the fifth pick, the Cincinnati Bengals select uh, Panay Sewell out of Oregon, offensive lineman. Great pickup from the Pac-12, probably the best tackle in the draft. Corey, you're up with the Dolphins. So Dolphins, as we all know, think they found their franchise quarterback in Tua Tungvaluwa. Uh, however, their the whole Ryan Fitzpatrick situation. I say they need to give to a, a chance. You know, they were, they were a 10 and 16 last year, barely missing the playoffs. So I think they're one playmaker away. But with all that being said, I expect them to take a playmaker. And, you know, I got to go Devontae Smith here uh, out of the University of Alabama. Did that little Alabama connection between Tua and, and uh, Devontae Smith. A little familiar connection, a Heisman winner. Devontae, Chris Brout runner, gained him a lot of separation. I thought about taking Jamar Chase here, but Devontae Smith makes a lot of a, a lot of sense to me. Interesting. You kind of kind of came in and, and it took one of the wide receivers I was on my big board. So we're coming up here on the seventh pick, which is going to be to the Detroit Lions. Uh, it's no secret that the Lions are in kind of an interesting semi-rebuild situation. They finally parted ways with Matt Stafford, shipping over to L.A., they did get Jared Goff, a former first-round pick and Super Bowl quarterback. He attended the Super Bowl, unfortunately didn't win it. So the Lions, I think, are a really interesting spot. They're not necessarily in full rebuild, but they're kind of knocking on the door. And I do think that they're going to give Garrett, uh, Jared Goff a chance. Fortunately, with no Kenny Galladay and no Marvin Jones, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do here. When they're going to probably end up taking a playmaker similar to how the Dolphins did. So without further ado... With the seventh pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Jamar Chase, wide receiver out of LSU. Jamar Chase, to me, is the best wide receiver in this in this draft class. A lot of people are going to forget about him due to sitting out because of COVID. You know, the Devontae Smith hype train has been real. He produced like a true number one wideout. So there's no discredit to him. But Jamar Chase brings you that NFL athleticism and build. He's six feet, 210. He's played seven games. 
against teams that are ranked in the top 10 during his last full season in 2019, where he averaged 123 yards, posted 20 touchdowns on the year. So you're looking at a guy who can get you yardage, big plays, work the middle of the field. He's the complete package of wide receiver. You're going to slot him in. And I can see him definitely having a DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson type of impact right away. He's going to come in and probably be the best player on that offense and the, without doubt, number one wide receiver receiving option. So Jamar Chase to the to the Lions. They got to get Goff some help and, and see what Detroit can do. They can snap that playoff drought. Then I do am doubling back here. So I'm also going to be covering the number eight pick we got with the Carolina Panthers. They are an interesting team. As we know, they traded for uh, Sam Darnold. So they're kind of got a bit of a QB controversy, I suppose, going on. You got Teddy Bridgewater, who wasn't super spectacular. You got Sam Darnold, who we know has struggled with the Jets at the start of his career. Originally, I was looking at Kyle Pitts here. Carolina had really, really poor tight end production. I believe they had two tight ends, two or three, that accounted for a grand total of 204 yards on 27 receptions across the season. So tight end was a position of definite need, but Pitts is off the board. So now I think it matters to defend whichever quarterback they throw back there. So with the eighth pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Carolina Panthers select Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern, the offensive tackle. I think Slater is an NFL-ready uh, offensive lineman. He's going to come in, be able to produce right away. He is outstanding on the move, which is going to be big for those Christian McCaffrey, you know, short passing routes. I think he's going to be really great. I get him McCaffrey those lanes and get him downfield. Definitely needs some work in terms of his just straight-up stand-up run blocking, not getting bullied over when he has to open up holes. But he's going to keep his quarterback upright, and he's going to get McCaffrey those running lanes. And the rebuild is on. Hopefully one of these quarterbacks work out. Hopefully Slater's there for 10 years to keep him upright. Wow. Denver Broncos, you're on the clock. All right. Broncos are on the clock. Didn't think this player was going to be available at this position. So this is good. The Denver Broncos. Oh, sorry. With the ninth pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Denver Broncos select Trey Lance, quarterback out of North Dakota State. Denver Broncos are in a tricky quarterback position at the moment. Drew Locke, you know, was slated to be their franchise quarterback, replacing Peyton Manning, I guess you could say. But he hasn't been performing really well at all. Um, and they drafted two really good uh, rookie receivers last season that, you know, had some drop passes, but I think they'll be able to develop. Another need that they needed was on defense, but uh, in free agency, uh, as of a couple of weeks ago, they picked up couple cornerbacks and Ronald Darby and Kyle Fuller. So with those signings, I think that getting a quarterback at this position to kind of either have some insurance if Drew Locke still is not performing, to have someone they can lean back on and develop, and also bring in competition to kind of help that improvement in the quarterback position. So, and Trey Lance, I don't know if Dakota State has been under the radar, but he's he's been playing really well. He's kind of like that type of quarterback that everyone likes to see right now in the NFL with the speed and athleticism. So I think it's a good pick. Oh man, that's such a steal at nine. Uh, given the fact that right. they don't have to move up at all, that's great. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dallas Cowboys on the clock at 10 round of the first 10 picks. Uh, this is really tempting because cornerback is a big name with Byron Jones leaving and Patrick Sertan is sitting there from Alabama, right, Corey? The, the issue here is I look at Dak Prescott's contract and I look at how decimated the offensive line was last year. And I'm like, man, you can't like, you can't give this guy all the money in the world, the, literally the richest football player in the world and not go out and protect him like the way that after last year happened. Obviously, Zeke Elliott and, and Tony Pollard struggle with, with, with yards per carry and just their ground game as a whole. So I, I got to go with the big guy here with the 10th pick in the 2021 NFL draft. Dallas Cowboys will select Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. 
Wow, early. This pick may seem like a little bit, a little bit of a reach to some folks. As a whole, though, this is a guy that can play both tackle and guard in a situation where there's any injuries and whatnot. Uh, he's also extremely versatile. I mean, as a whole, he has the brains. He's a smart football player, and I think he's very deserving of this pick, even this high. All right, we are now over to pick 11. Seeing there's been a bit of run on certain positions, I think it's a good time for the Giants maybe not to draft the biggest need position if they get another splash position here looking at what they have available on the board. With the 11th pick, the New York Giant, New York football Giants select Jalen Waddle, Wide receiver, Alabama. So for me, the pick here with Jalen Waddle is, it's not the biggest need for the Giants, but it just seems like it's a great fit here. You got Saquon, you got Jalen Jones still developing out here. And again, a player also not only is wide receiver, also does return kicks. It seems like he would be gone in the next couple of picks anyway. So it seems like a good time. The, the runner receiver starts, so I'm hoping to end it. That's a great pick, and that's probably what the Eagles were thinking at 12, because I am now on the clock with the Eagles, and I was thinking Jane Lawaddle for multiple reasons, as you outlined there. Going to switch switch it up a little bit now. Because of, because of the run on receivers, a certain cornerback has fallen. I alluded to him about a couple of picks ago. So with the 12th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles go defense, and they're selecting Patrick Sertan from Alabama. Listen, you got to give Jalen Hurts the de development, the receivers, and obviously the playmakers to build around. But I think as a whole, the fit here and the best player available, you got to take Sertan here. All right. So the LA Chargers are on the clock with pick 13. I got some receiver options here still available that I didn't think were going to be available. So let's see. Let's see what we decide. So just to talk about the pick a little bit, obviously the Chargers have one of the greatest quarterbacks coming out of the draft last uh, year in rookie of the year. Herbert, and they lost the tight end, Hunter Henry, uh, to the Patriots, uh, and that leaves them with Jared Cook. So I was thinking maybe a tight end if they were still available here, but we also need some weapons for the for Justin Herbert to, to have in this season. But uh, at the end of the day, I think that protecting the quarterback, especially in their second season, is still very critical and their development and having a really good offensive line position player right now is going to be monumental for them. So with the 13th pick, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers select Christian Darisaw, offensive lineman out of Virginia Tech. Uh, Christian Darisaw is a great pass blocker, and he may need a little bit more development on the run uh, blocks, but just in, in, in at left tackle position and, and protecting the quarterback, he's he's the second best offensive lineman on in the in the draft behind uh Benet. so protecting the quarterback especially for a rookie in their second year uh for a second year quarterback i think is is important right now for the chargers so with the 14th pick the minnesota vikings select Jalen phillips you know i feel like with this seven and nine record the, the vikings really need an edge and defensive interior person and I feel like Jalen Phillips is that guy they were 31st in the NFL last season Jalen Phillips is a playmaker that is he's good against the run and the pass very versatile guy he should be at an impact be an impact defender at the next level and help the Vikings generate some pressure on opposing quarterbacks especially in that division all right going on to the 15th pick we have one of my favorite teams in the league we have the New England Patriots a bit of a fall from grace last year between Tom Brady's departure, a lot of guys sitting out because of COVID and Cam Newton's up and down season. But I think that they're sitting in a really good spot here at 15, especially with the way the big has kind of shaken out here. I was a bit tempted to kind of lean defensive here. I was looking at Micah Parsons out of Penn, probably the best linebacker in the draft and the type of do-it-all football player you can put in the middle of a Bill Belichick defense, let him just wreak havoc as a tackler and as a playmaker. 
I also was looking at J.C. Horn, the cornerback. Give you another great defender that can win those one-on-one battles against other elite receivers. But he's fallen this low. You need to replace the GOAT. And so I believe that with the 15th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New England Patriots are very happy to select Mac Jones, quarterback out of Alabama. You know, I'll be honest, I wasn't a big believer on the Mac Jones hype train with him shooting all the way up to as high as, you know, number three. I think when you play at Alabama, especially the quarterback position, you benefit greatly from having all these elite talents around you. You have Waddle, you have Devontae Smith, you've got probably the number one back in the draft at Nigel Harris. You got great O-linemen and a solid defense. It's very easy to win. That doesn't take away from the fact that that Mac Jones had a stellar 77 completion percentage. He's not a stud athlete, so you're not going to be seeing rolling out and making crazy plays. But the Patriots were able to win for, what, 15 years with Tom Brady, who was a stationary pocket-passing quarterback. I think Mac Jones' strengths play very, very well into what Bill Belichick wants to do, which is dominate the short passing game, get the backs involved. He does blow up at 15. It's a pretty low-risk pick. If he does ascend and become an elite-level quarterback, the Patriots are set for the next 10 years and going to look to run that division. Like You could see that one coming from a mile away. That was awesome. <laughs> All right, we are shifting over here to 16 with the Arizona Cardinals. Got a couple knee dot here. Offense looks pretty set right now, especially with Kyle Murray and Hopkins, all the different targets lay out there. Offense, defense could use some help here. A couple different layers here, but I decided to go with the defensive backfield here. So with the 16th pick in the NFL draft, the Arizona Cardinals select J.C. Horn, cornerback of South, South Carolina. I went here, uh, pretty pretty tall corner, 6'1", 205. Someone's really up there, help with the press, you know, especially with Patrick Peterson getting up there in eight. Could do some work on the run stopping, but, you know, it's a, it's a good, good corner and addresses the number one need here. So at 17, we have the Las Vegas Raiders and 8-8 uh, eight and eight record last season. I was initially thinking receiver right here, not going to lie to y'all. But uh, I think I'm going to take Greg Newsom uh, Jr., cornerback out of Northwestern. He's a lengthy guy, six, I think he's six one, six four. Sweet, He's a sleeper kind of pick that can come in and make an immediate impact for that defense, especially for that Raider team that allowed the seventh most, the seventh most, most passing yards per game last year. That's abysmal and especially in a division with Pat Mahomes like I expect them to try to beef up that defense especially I think they were in a couple shootouts with the Chiefs last season as well so great pick I think I think this is a position here so I'm here with the Dolphins again at 18 the Dolphins took or Corey rather Corey took Devontae Smith at number six this pick makes all of them sense in the world um there's a couple of guys that have fallen to this point Michael Parsons in particular so I'm very tempted by this isn't a slam dunk but as a whole, I'm just thinking about the way that this, this team is coming together. It, you know, you have two atomic level at quarterback. You have Devontae Smith on the outside. So with that being said, to kind of complete the trifecta, with the 18th pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Miami Dolphins select Najee Harris, running back from Alabama. Alabama uh, offense. All Alabama offense. And it makes a lot of sense, right, if you look at the guys that they have now, Savon Ahmed, Malcolm Brown, uh, Patrick Laird. Like, these are not going to be the three-down backs. And Najee Harris can do what Christian McCaffrey can, but at, at a bigger level. So. Well, he won't be necessarily returning kicks. He's the guy that you want to build around, and it just would be an incredible story in Miami. So I think it makes all the sense in the world. 
Wow. No, nice pick there, Josh. I'm going to go ahead. There's interesting needs here for Washington. I was trying to trade up here with Washington, but sadly was not able to do so to get a quarterback. So now we're, we're stuck here at our pick. We're inside, focused on the defensive side now. And luckily, a, a great player was able to get to us. So with the 19th pick in the NFL draft, the Washington football team selects Micah Parsons, linebacker, Penn State. Oh, this pick here, he was uh, the Big 12 linebacker of the year. It's the big thumper up the middle, really helping that defense kind of lay out. Obviously, you already have already got some great defensive ends, and that defense is just going to improve. So I'm really liking the chances of Washington to really compete next year in the um, NFC East. Steal. That is a steal. Yeah, super steal. I guess I'll bring it home with the last, well, the 20th pick with the Chicago Bears, another 8-18. and Assuming that they believe in Andy Dalton, I'm going to go they get Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State offensive tackle. They go protect Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is experienced, but uh, Tevin Jenkins is, a, is also an experienced pass blocker at both right guard and right tackle, mostly at right guard. He lacks athleticism, lacks range, but he finishes well and with quick hands. Should upgrade that um, Chicago Bear offensive line immediately. And uh, hopefully Andy Dawn can do a little something there. Absolutely, Corey. Thank you for rounding out the draft for us. I just want to kind of touch up base with you guys. Any big surprises? Who wasn't taking that? You guys think should have been taking the top 20? Any thoughts? Yeah, Josh, I mean, I'll, I'll go here. So as we kind of got to the, those lower picks, and obviously we aren't, you know, we didn't cover the entire first round, but a guy that I think is going to be a bit of a wild card in that QB carousel, you've got the top five. You got Mac Jones, you got Trey Lance, you got Fields, Lawrence, and Wilson. We can assume all those guys will be in that 15 to one range somewhere in there. A guy that I'm really curious, and I know that, you know, we're not hearing a lot about him, but I believe he was a Heisman finalist. You know, I'm kind of curious to see what happens with um, Trask out of Florida. Monster year statistically, had some really, really, really big games in terms of his yardage. Uh, he had a couple of big touchdown games too. So I can see a guy like that. If he slips down the draft, I could see some of these teams taking a risk on him with these low picks. And if he, you know, is able to put up numbers like he did in college, you're going to get one of the steals of the draft. So while he's not on our big board here, uh, he will probably end up going later. He might even be a second round quarterback. I think that's a guy that could really throw this quarterback class on his head if he hits, because he's going to be a steal if you get him in the second round. Absolutely. I think, think speaking of the quarterbacks, my take on the first three, and obviously the Justin Wilson, Justin Wilson, geez, Justin Fields pickets at number two is a little bit surprising to us because a lot of these big boards have Zach Wilson at number two. My thing with those two is, you have Trevor Lawrence, who's the undisputed number one, who's a great game manager and a great quarterback and has all the potential in the world. Justin Fields, in my opinion, is a better game manager than a quarterback, whereas Zach Wilson is a better quarterback than a game manager. In front of the toughness level, and obviously Justin Fields has played on a bigger stage than Zach Wilson, so he's probably a little bit more ready to play right from the beginning. But I think Zach Wilson as a whole projects a little bit better in the long run. can't really think of like a comparison in previous years other than like a like an Alex Smith, Aaron Rodgers, or RG3, Andrew Luck situation with that. That's kind of my take on those three. And then obviously like the wild cards are Trey Lance and Mac Jones. You have these guys that are projected between like the third pick and the 24th pick with Pittsburgh. So I don't know. What do you guys think that, that Trey Lance as a whole has the potential to be better than, like genuinely speaking, than Justin Fields and Zach Wilson? Because he played in North Dakota State, you do have Carson Wentz as kind of like the prototype in, before that. But the fact that like we're talking about him at nine as a steal, despite being a quarterback, from North Dakota State, right? It still kind of boggles me to the point where I can't, I can't fully select him with the fourth pick with Atlanta. That's why I went with Kyle Pitts. If you guys have any thoughts on the Lance Jones and where they'd end up, I'd, I'd really appreciate it. 
I don't thought you could take Kyle Pitts. That's this is a unicorn type tight end. That, that's that's him right there. No brainer right there. Yeah, Josh. I, I think for me, Lance is probably the biggest just wild card quarterback that I can really think of. It recently, honestly, because you look at his statistics. I mean, the guy was a thousand yard rusher as a quarterback. You know, didn't dominate it in his one season. But that's the problem. It's one season. And you kind of look at his whole career and you're like, you didn't play major conference opponents. You weren't, you know, you weren't in that SEC. So you don't have that pedigree. You played one season. And I am worried when I see a quarterback who's very reliant on their legs because it works at the NFL to a degree. You know, you can run, you can scramble. We've seen it with Lamar and to lesser extent with Cap, you know, Colin Kaepernick, Russell Wilson, quarterbacks that can get out and be mobile. But if that's your kind of default you know, offensive mechanism is not really throwing the ball, but running and, and throwing, you know, just because you're better than everyone else on the field, that doesn't really work at the NFL. So I can't take Lance, you know, I had the Niners pick in our draft, but any team that needs a quarterback within the top five, I don't think I could take Lance because when you're talking about a top five pick and especially in a situation with the Niners where you moved up to get it, that's a can't miss. You can't miss there. You, you take Trey Lance and he turns into the next Carson Wentz and falls apart after two or three seasons. You've, set yourself back, don't have a quarterback, and you're wasting the primes of these players that helped you get to a Super Bowl only, you know, a season ago. So I think Lance could blow up, but at number three with a trade-up, could isn't good enough. I need someone who, like you said, I'll take Alex Smith knowing he's going to be able to manage me for 10 years and be competitive, and then a guy who might flame out after two or three seasons. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, well, besides yeah. Lawrence, I think Panay Sewell, had a great pick there at five. I my ne- The next thing I want to talk about, Nick, I don't know if you were going down this route too. Yeah. Devontae <laughs> Smith, Jamar Chase, I mean, those two could go – you could flip them either way. Exactly. But I'm a little bit curious. I know Corey's got that Alabama affiliation. Um, if you guys that's, wanted to expand on those picks. That's the only reason I picked Devontae here. <laughs> uh, a lot of people are skeptical skeptical about his build, but he held his own. Uh, he held his own. Uh, he had a terrific season, Heisman winner. Like Drew was saying, Jamar Chase has more of the typical NFL build. But we look at, like, receivers like Jerry Rice or – or even Chad Ochocinco, Chad Johnson, they weren't the typical bulked up, you know, receiver, but they still were able to make a, a great impact on the game. So I ended up taking uh, Devontae Smith there, and obviously with the Tua connection. Hopefully he, he already has familiar, familiar, familiarity with that, you know, and with uh, the receiver, so. I think uh, at pick number five, some of the one of the things that I, I'm pretty sure LSU fans would have liked to see Cincinnati do was uh, was take Jamar to have that Burrow LSU connection. So he was my initial pick going into here, uh, but then I was like, all right, Jerry Burrow is coming back. The O line is like they have one year deals. They're not they're not they have quantity, but they don't have longevity to continue going with. Joe Burrow so I think getting someone that will continue to grow with him at that pick was going to be more important than having that weapon connection for Joe Burrow uh, but that that would have been really cool to see I don't know if the, the the fans influence is going to have anything to say with this but Jamar Chase Joe Burrow connection if they can rebuild that chemistry and and tear it up on the field air it out that would have been awesome yeah I mean some of the quarter, awesome. some of the quarterbacks that we're projecting here with the offensive line that we picked are Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, uh, Justin Herbert, and Sam Darn. Like it makes sense that you want to go for the offensive lineman for those type of quarterbacks, yeah, right? Exactly. Definitely. You know, I think um who picked him the last receiver I want to touch base on, Nick. I thought I thought that Jalen Waddle pick was actually a really, really good pick Great for the pick. Giants yep. because 
here's a guy that statistically, you know, you, you, especially when you compare him to teammate Devontae Smith, who had a monster year, Heisman, you know, like Corey said, I think him and Jamar Chase, while they're different, will be able to dominate the game in just different ways. Um, not necessarily one better than the other. But then you have a guy like Jalen Waddle, and I think his career stats are literally 1,999 yards. So across three seasons, didn't even break 2,000 receiving yards, had 17 touchdowns. And you look at that and you go, man, you know, Devontae Smith was damn near better than him in one season. But, this guy was in three. Well, so I think people forget he was hurt. Yeah, that's what I was about to say, the injuries. Yeah. Jalen Waddle was tearing it up before Devontae Smith. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's that's a huge thing. And that's why I think that's a great pick because, you know, I was I was watching him and I was, I was watching some film and just seeing, you know, because I hadn't followed too much because, again, it's been that Smith, it's been that Jamar Chase debate. And I wanted to see Waddle because here's a guy that everyone's got going really high. In some boards, he's going ahead of Devontae. And then I realized, I look at him, I go, you know what I see here? I see some Tyreek Hill in his game. They both have legit 4-2, 4-3 speed. They're both 5'10", and they're both now 180, 185. Now, obviously, he has to prove that he can, you know, get to that level of sitting a downfield threat that can just outrun a defense is. So you put a guy like that who opens up the field, and even if he's not hauling in, you know, because he, he doesn't have a home throwing the ball, even if he's not hauling in, you know, 200-yard receiving games, a guy like that changes your entire offensive just outlook because now let's say you have help over the top, you're opening up the middle of the field, you're getting one-on-one matchups on the other side. So that is a receiver that I think people won't think about because the name isn't there. But like Corey said, before he got hurt, the, he was the guy. You know, in, injuries, you know, are a part of football. But if you can stay healthy and keep that speed, be able to guard him in one-on-one coverage, which makes him a commodity regardless. Going on and continuing with the – Tyreek Hill, finding the next Tyreek Hill, uh, another receiver that I think uh, surprised, not really surprised, but could be a, a great receiver that a team picks up later on in the rounds. Rondell Moore out of Purdue, who has another comparison to Tyreek Hill, similar stature and great speed. He was in consideration for the Chargers pick at 13. Um, obviously, Waddle and Devontae Smith were above that pick if uh, they were still available for the Chargers at 13 they didn't really use him to run routes like quick routes in, at Purdue for college, you know, but he, he did have that burner speed to, to beat the defenders. And that's something that the Chargers could use for uh, Herbert in the coming season, someone with incredible speed, like, like Tyreek Hill, you know, how he was just going across the field, catching the ball and scoring a touchdown, which is like unguardable. Yeah. Rondell Moore, ultimately, you know, having a, a, Offensive line, which is hard to come by, a great offensive tackle, left tackle for right-handed quarterbacks is is key for development. So, but Rondell Moore would have been uh, one of the picks if the O line was interesting. There. Two, obviously, two of the biggest things that caught my eye are one, obviously, a fourth of our draft is Alabama prospects. And the second thing is Micah Parsons, <laughs> the, the top linebacker in the draft on the nineteen. Nick, you obviously landed with yep. Parsons at, at nineteen. Does anybody have any thoughts on? I, I mean, as a whole, right? If you look at the way this is stacked up, I think there aren't a lot of like primary needs in the linebacker spot, except for maybe Miami, except Miami went and addressed a lot of needs. And then Philadelphia, which also addressed the need. So I guess Parsons could have been the pick at 12 when I took Sertan, the quarterback. I was going to say, like, uh, it really depends on on what the, De- like, for pick. I had Mike Parsons for, like, a potential Denver Broncos pick uh, to, tr- to strengthen, like, that linebacker core with the cover linebacker. Michael Parson out of Penn State, um, Jeremiah out of Notre Dame, and um, kind of edge players like uh, Zavin Collins like would kind of be there for um, that cover linebacker position that Denver Broncos may need. And I was considering Mike, uh, Michael Parson, but Trey Lance still being there for the quarterback. Drew Locke maybe not 
may not be like the future for the Denver Broncos. So I think it really depends on if the Denver Broncos believe uh, Drew Locke in the third year will will be their guy, then Michael Parsons could go earlier than what he did. I thought Parsons may have been a great pickup for the Giants at 11 to pair with Blake Martinez. But once he went to the Waddle pick, which could have been 12, it it made sense that he fell 19, I guess. Nick, did you have anything to say about that? Yeah, the most interesting thing I found is like, in my opinion, I think we left the, the two best pass rushers still on the board right here. If you look here, you know, we have um, Aziz Olari from Georgia and Quit Payne from, yeah. from Michigan. He obviously, these are two top 15 guys be left on the board. So as you see, like, and also no defensive tackles are taken. So basically the entire defensive line was kind of denied by us. So it's interesting to see where those guys could go. I, I do believe both those guys, all three of those guys, and also the Alabama uh, defensive tackle here. Um, also, another player that should be taken too, very more. So, if you look at this, these are all guys that should go in the top 15. We should expect. Um, overall, I think it was overall a pretty good job for us. We all found our guys. We all have really good picks. I think the uh, the last thing I want to touch base on with you guys too is so, you know, I know that again, there's a lot more draft room here. We're missing quite a few picks. A lot of the contenders who are going to look to fill needs to try to stay in contention are coming up. But we only saw one back come off the board, you know, Nigel Harris. And not so long ago, we were seeing running backs go. I mean, Zeke was a top, what, top five pick. McCaffrey went relatively high, I believe. I mean, you see backs coming off the board, Saquon at two. What do you guys think? I mean, Nigel came off the board. You know, you look at some other backs. I know you got Clemson out of Clemson. You have Travis Etienne. Where do you guys see a back like him going? Because I see him being a perfect fit for like a Buccaneers or a Kansas uh, City Chiefs, possibly. What do you guys think? Yeah, I was thinking Tampa. I think Tampa Tampa would be a great fit for a lot of running backs, especially with all the, you know, the court they have there. And, and Casey already has Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think Travis Etienne and, and, and Javante Carter, right off the bat, probably late first round, early second round candidates for a variety of teams. I don't, I don't see them as first-round value, personally, with the track record of running backs as a whole. I mean, if you find a guy that's a, a home run hitter in the top 10, I think you go that route. But historically speaking, running backs as a whole have fallen towards the late first round, early second round territory. So I, mean, I think Travis Etienne, his resume speaks for itself, right? Sort of like Najee Harris's does. I, I, I wouldn't bank on anyone in, in, like, the next five picks or so, if that's what you're asking for. Uh, totally. But I think Javante Carter and also... Sorry, Javante Williams and Michael Carter. Those are the two running backs from North Carolina that I'm mixing up. But Javante Williams and Michael Carter both had great showings the senior bowl, I remember. So those are the two running backs that I think, like, you ha- you know who Harris and Etienne are just from their namesake. Um, the two running backs from North Carolina, Carter and Williams, really, really opens the eyes of the senior bowl. So I wouldn't be surprised to see one of them kind of leapfrog Travis Etienne. Trey Sermon there, too. Trey Sermon, too. That's right. Yeah, another big name from a big conference, yeah. I just think, you know, when we do a draft like this, I think so many people approach the NFL draft, like it's similar, you know, similar to a fantasy draft, you know, you're looking for big, big names, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. And I think, you know, we definitely went that route when you have five quarterbacks that have been so highly touted, they're going to go early. And when you have, you have so many receivers and I think COVID is one of those years where people, you know, people forget. I think that's something that we've kind of saw here is uh, I know that Micah Parsons has a chance to fall. I I think realistically he's going to end up higher than we took him, but he didn't play this year. Uh, you know, Caleb Farley was sat out and got hurt. That's another, uh, you know, defensive back who some people had going as the number one defensive back, not even in our top 20. He had surgery, he sat out, you know, and then you have guys uh, like Trey Lance who only played one, you know, one game this year. So I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, that debate between, you know, proven track record, Josh, like you were saying with, you know, backs that have played for two, three seasons versus guys who sat out, guys who've been hurt and guys who kind of took a COVID year off. So I'm excited to see. And, you know, potential is the most dangerous word in sports to me at the end of the day. Everyone loves to talk about potential, but at the end of the day, a lot of guys have potential. Not too many guys have lived up to it. So with that, I guess we'll end. Hold on, Drew, real quick, real quick. Like you mentioned before, we uh, took those top, those, you know, four or five quarterbacks real quick. I just wanted to get everybody 
his opinion on who who they think would be the next quarterback off the board right there. Who do y'all who do y'all like right there? Before. I like I like Kyle Trask. I like Jamie Newman. I think it's gonna be Davis Mills from Stanford though. Agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to say Stanford just because I've, I've seen him play a lot because of the the hometown connection. I'm going to go with Trash just to mix it up. I think he's the type of quarterback that he's going to be that. He's a boomer bust prospect in my eyes. He's either going to come in with a gunslinger mentality and sling the ball around and put up a bunch of yards, or he's going to come in, flame out, and, you know, be out of the league as a backup in two or three years. Three, Drew. Uh, yeah. Yeah, his playing days in Florida, and he, he'll make the mistakes, but he'll also mm-hmm. take a chance. So Exactly. Yeah, I think the the other wild card there is Kellen Mond. I never thought of him as a huge NFL prospect, more of a great college player, typical. But, you know, like Will Greer, you know, I, I think as a whole, they have a lot of, like, it's going to be a high-risk, high-reward situation with Mond, I think. Corey, I don't know if those are kind of the names you were thinking, but that makes sense. Yeah, they were, Josh. All right, anybody else have any final thoughts before we wrap up for tonight? Sure, I'll, I'll go ahead here. One final thought here. Uh, we've been talking about quarterbacks tonight, so I'll go ahead and finish off with this thought. I know a lot of people want to look at take a stock in what school a quarterback went to, but if you go to the pros, it really doesn't matter. Patrick Holmes, Texas A&M, Drew Brees, Purdue, Ben Roethlisberger, Miami of Ohio. You could even mention, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Cal Berkeley's not necessarily the powerhouse in football. Sorry, Josh, you know? So if you look <laughs> at these, if you look at schools, you may not want to look at the school of what of where the quarterback went, because obviously you look at the pros, some guy matter. Like, sorry to mention this, Corey, but I don't know when the last time an Alabama quarterback won the Super Bowl. It, it's been probably about 30, 40 years since, like, Ken Stabler, you know? So it really doesn't matter yeah, the yeah. best the best school with the best quarterback. It really matters the end day, scheme fit, system fit, and how it goes forward. Forward. So that's the last mention I want to mention about quarterbacks here. Nick, we may not be good on the gridiron, but we're great at producing Jeopardy guest hosts. Yep. Slash quarterbacks. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Rogers. He has his next career in motion, guys. Yep. He's already got plans. Hey, 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 Joe Buck's coming for him, so watch out. Oh, my gosh. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, NFL Draft, April 29th through May 1st. We're excited. We're ex- You guys are excited. Uh, we're looking forward to producing more content in the near future. To our audience, thank you all for taking the time to listen to us in our mini mock draft tonight. If you like what you heard tonight or have any suggestions for new content, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Catch53Podcast or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor, among other platforms. Thanks again for listening and hope you guys have a great rest of your night.